Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the eighth and final part of the Exam Study Expert audio course on how to study effectively. Today's episode is best enjoyed if you've already heard at least one or two other episodes in the series. I definitely recommend listening to episode 66 on the six pillars of student success and then choosing at least one or two of the other episodes in the series before listening to this final instalment, which will be bringing together everything we've learned so far. I'll talk a little bit later about how all the different study techniques we've covered in the series can work together as a complete study system, which techniques tend to go well with each other and how to choose which techniques are right for you. But before we do that, I'm just going to take a brief moment to recap everything we've talked about on the How to Study Effectively series. It's uh, been quite a quite a journey and we've gone into an awful lot of detail. So let me just give you a very, very brief overview. So we started our journey back in episode 66, as I say, with the six pillars of student success. A really important episode giving you the foundations for everything you need to study uh, successfully uh, and get where you need to be as a student. So the six pillars were as follows. Uh, pillar number one was know where you're going. The importance of having a clear outline of what it is you need to do before you start studying, whether that's the topics you need to learn for a test, just a simple overview, or a clear vision of what good looks like, what a successful uh, project or assignment looks like for kind of more coursework or thesis type uh, type projects. Pillar number two was know that you can get there. Remember, your brain can grow and change. We can get better at things, even if we're not so good at them today. You can improve this idea of growth mindset. Um, and I suggested the uh, yet game to you. So uh, that game of adding the word yet, if any time you catch yourself saying that you're not very good at something. So never say I'm not good at maths, say, but say you're not good at maths yet. Pillar number three was make time for the journey. So establishing a good study routine with enough time for work, uh, but also leaving yourself enough time to sleep, eat and exercise, uh, as well as relaxing and having fun once in a while. Uh, all those things that keep your energy levels uh, topped up. And remember, consistency is key. I'd rather you set goals of studying um a sort of conservative goal for how much you want to study each day, then set really, really ambitious goals for how much you want to study uh, that you fail to meet. I'd much rather you uh, set out to do a consistent, smaller amount of studying, but we're consistent in doing it every single day. Pillar number four was all about focus, uh, eyes on the road when driving. Uh, so here it was all about practicing what I call monotasking. So rather than multitasking, where you're uh, thinking about lots of different things at once or switching between different tasks, uh, we're monotasking. So being very focused on just one task at a time and being very disciplined in controlling both external and internal distractions. 
Pillar number five was learn faster by retrieving. So we started to get into uh, the science of learning and how to retain knowledge here and really setting the scene for much of the specific study techniques we'd cover throughout the rest of the series. Um, Pillar number five, learning faster by retrieving, was really introducing the important, the critically important uh, principle of retrieval practice uh, if you're looking to learn faster and remember more. Retrieval practice simply means practice at retrieving or remembering knowledge, information from memory. In other words, to learn faster, we need to practice testing ourselves on what we know. And finally, pillar number six was remember longer, remember for longer by spacing. So space out your retrieval practice over time, spread it out over time, ideally building spaced retrieval sessions right into your study routine. So you can just do them on autopilot. For example, starting or ending the day with a retest on everything you've studied that past 24 hours. The gold standard for learning effectively is that combination of spacing, spreading your studying out and retrieval practice, testing yourself. In other words, testing yourself across different days. But exactly how should you be doing your retrieval practice, your testing? What study techniques work best? The next four instalments of this series, episode 68, 70, 72 and 74, uh, offered you some various options for how to do this in practice. So part two of the series, uh, episode 68, discussed what's perhaps the simplest of all retrieval practice strategies, simply grabbing a blank sheet of paper and writing out everything you can remember about the topic from memory, sometimes called a brain dump, or known to cognitive psychologists as blank page retrieval. The third part of the series covered my personal favourite study strategy, flashcards, uh, with a really detailed set of do's and don'ts for flashcard best practice that I would wager even the most experienced flashcard users among you could learn a trick or two from. My definition of flashcards, by the way, encompasses both good old-fashioned paper flashcards as well as uh, quiz apps like Anki or Quizlet, which are essentially just digital flashcards. The fourth part of the uh, series talked about Q&A ultranotes, a really powerful way to upgrade your regular note making by simply drawing a line down the middle of the page and splitting every nugget of information you want to note down into a question and answer pair, with your questions going down the left-hand side of the page and the answers going down the right-hand side of the page. You can then use your notes for retrieval practice, unlike regular notes. All you do is cover up that answer column on the right-hand side, look at the question, test yourself on it. And then in the fifth part of the series, we covered our final retrieval practice strategy, which is doing practice questions, such as working through past exam papers if they're available. Flashcards, Q&A notes, Q&A ultranotes, um, blank page retrieval and practice questions. These aren't the only ways to do retrieval practice, but I've been coaching students on effective ways to study for years now, and it's extremely rare I'll come across a case where the preferred strategy is not a variant on one of these four techniques. But our series on how to study effectively didn't stop there, of course. There were a couple more instalments in the series which moved on from retrieval practice techniques to cover two very important additional aspects of a complete study strategy. In part six of the series, we talked about memory hacks, clever mnemonic techniques you can use to assist you in remembering those hardest to remember parts of your course, those long equations, extended quotes, long lists of factors or pros and cons, and obscure terms in the sciences or alien foreign language vocabulary. 
Then finally, uh, last time in the seventh instalment, we had a departure from learning about knowledge, learning about how to learn knowledge, uh, how to kind of retain fact information, uh, to kind of talk a little bit more about how to practice skills, in particular how to practice math style problems more effectively using the strategy of interleaving. That brings us right up to date and up to today's episode. The first seven parts have included an enormous amount of knowledge, an enormous amount of detail in how to use each and every one of these strategies really well. So if you need to recap any of it, you've got a couple of options. You can either head back and re-listen to the relevant episode, in which case see the show notes for links to all the previous episodes in this series. But I've now got a second option for your convenience that I think some of you may be interested in, uh, because by popular request, you can now order an illustrated transcript of the entire eight-part series uh, in book format. So I'm really excited to share this with you. I think it's going to be a great book, uh, effectively the the prequel to my uh, existing book. Um, And so please do stay tuned for more details on how you can order your copy uh, towards the end of this episode. I'm really excited to share that with you. But for now, uh, to complete today's uh, kind of episode on on kind of recapping the entire uh, series, I really just want to say a few words about how do we choose our study technique. So we've covered a lot of techniques. And how do we select the one that's right for us? We don't need to use them all, of course. That's not the point. Uh, And you know, perhaps which techniques work well in combination with each other. So if we've picked one, you know, what others go well with it. There's a couple of things to think about when we're deciding which techniques to combine to form an overall study system. The first consideration is what techniques you're already using today. Now, if you're sitting listening to the Exam Study Expert podcast, chances are you've already tried one or more of the study techniques that we've talked about so far in the How to Study Effectively series. My strong advice would therefore be to start with the technique you use today and work on improving that rather than throwing out everything you do today and starting from scratch with a totally fresh technique. Why do I suggest that? Well, it's because the science of behaviour change Uh, which we explored in some detail back in episode 40 and 41, um, tells us that as humans, we have a bias towards taking an easy path in our behaviours. So if we're trying to get effective new study behaviours to stick, it's going to be a much easier ask to simply tweak your existing technique than it is to start with something totally new. So for, for some examples, if you are someone who already uses flashcards, including digital flashcard techniques, start with that and make sure you have your flashcard technique optimised using the best practice tips from the flashcards episode, which was back in part three. If, on the other hand, you are someone who usually likes making a lot of your own notes, you make a lot of summary notes as a big part of your learning, then I'd recommend listening to part four of the series and switching to Q&A ultra notes. If you make visual summaries like mind maps or spider diagrams, Modify that practice so you're doing more of your work from memory rather than copying it out of the book, uh, as we discussed back in part two of the series on blank page retrieval. And as a final example, if you're someone that does a lot of rereading, could you shift some of your reading time away from just reading and use it instead to do some blank page retrieval based on what you read maybe yesterday? So start with what you're doing today and make the smallest number of changes to it to get to a really good study technique. And it's much more likely that those changes will actually stick and you'll be actually able to put them into practice and stay with them. So 
So the second thing to consider when thinking about uh, which study techniques to choose is your own personal circumstances. So that's a combination of the requirements of your course, plus a little bit of your own personal preferences. Now, clearly, I can't give personal advice to every single person listening to this. It's a major reason why I offer one-on-one study strategy coaching, so I can take the time to work with you over Zoom to understand your circumstances uh, and come up with a plan together that's going to be just right for you. But I can give you a couple of general guidelines. Um, So if your exams require you to know a lot of knowledge, as is pretty typical in fields like the sciences or medicine, uh, as as well as many others, then I'd recommend basing your study strategy around one of the three core retrieval practice techniques, blank page retrieval, flashcards, including digital quiz tools, and Q&A alternates. You don't need to use all of these three, you can choose one. They're all good options. Of the three, um, in my experience, the most popular one with students, particularly if your course is very demanding, there's a a really large amount of knowledge to know. Um, The most popular tends to be flashcards uh, and their digital equivalents like Quizlet, Anki. Um, They're a little easier to manage, flashcards, than Q&A alternates. uh, And they tend to be a little more time efficient than blank page retrieval if there's a lot of challenging details in your course to memorise. If your course is less detailed or you're already quite close to mastering the material, then blank page retrieval could be a good strategy. So once you've kind of decided on your foundation strategy uh, for, for, for your kind of core core knowledge building, as I say, either flashcards, Q&A alternates or perhaps blank page retrieval, I would then suggest layering on two other elements, specifically mnemonic strategies and practice questions. These two elements serve two different purposes in your complete study strategy. So mnemonic strategies are there as a useful tool if you find yourself struggling to get a particular bit of information to stick, no matter how many spaced retrieval of practice attempts you do on it. No matter how many times you test yourself on that flashcard, you just can't remember what's on the back. So once it becomes clear that this is a tricky little bit of learning, take a moment to step back and figure out a mnemonic strategy to help you out. If you remember our analogy from the episode we had on mnemonic strategies, a a stepping stone, if you like, to help you over the river. Just don't forget to actually practice recalling the information using your new mnemonic strategy. Just having a mnemonic doesn't remove the need to do retrieval practice. You still need to do the retrieval practice just now with the assistance of your chosen mnemonic stepping stone. The other element to layer on uh, is past paper practice. So even highly knowledge-centric courses benefit from early and regular practice with real past papers, assuming you have access to them. The benefit of using real past papers is it teaches you all sorts of things about how to use the knowledge you've got, how to give the examiner what they're looking for, uh, as well as various points of exam technique, which can really help you pick up extra marks or avoid making big mistakes on exam day, such as how to manage your time in the exam so you kind of get your pacing right and don't end up running out of time. I would recommend starting to do occasional past papers well before you feel really ready to do them, quite early on in your in your study in your preparation for for an exam. And that's because the experience of doing real past papers, even if you're not ready to take them and you don't score particularly well at first, um, that experience can often inform your overall study strategy. And you might end up doing things quite differently once you've got a feel for what's actually going to be expected of you uh, in the exam itself. So again, if you've got lots of knowledge to learn, 
this system, this kind of combination of a retrieval practice technique like flashcards, then adding in mnemonics for particularly tricky bits of knowledge, and then finally layering on some past paper practice is a good example of how you might approach putting together a kind of complete study system uh, that gets you uh, where you need to be. Okay, but what if your course isn't really about learning facts and memorising lots of knowledge? It's more about practising skills like solving math style problems or writing essays. Well, for these kinds of courses, practice questions is probably going to be an especially important study technique as a kind of core of your overall study system. And potentially in conjunction, using techniques like interleaving, perhaps dipping into retrieval practice techniques from time to time, like using flashcards uh, for specific elements of your course, like memorising those equations you need for a maths or physics paper, or memorising the quotations you need for a literature course. So an example there of how you might put together a study system if you've got sort of math style or essay style uh, papers to, to practice for. Yeah. Lots of practice questions, maybe a little bit of, for example, flashcards to, to kind of bone up on those those kind of core little bits of knowledge you need to arm yourself with uh, for your course. And potentially using skills like interleaving to drill yourself on the uh, problems, on the on the problem practice uh, that you need uh, for, 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 the, for the exam as well. So beyond these kind of basic examples, uh, the details of your study system are now going to start to get quite personal, going to be informed by all sorts of factors, like how much time is available to you, how you prefer to work. For example, do you like digital? Do you like analogue? Um, as well as the, the intricacies and specific requirements of your exact course. I'm going to struggle to give you any more kind of general guidelines now, but if you'd, if you'd like to discuss what the right study system would look like for you, uh, please do consider reaching out to me uh, and inquiring about doing a coaching session or two with together. Uh, you can learn more about how that works at examstudyexpert.com forward slash coaching. This is kind of what I do for a, for a living. Uh, I've been doing it for many years and had many, many successful uh, results uh, in, in, in the years gone by. Uh, if you head to the webpage, you can read some of the testimonials from students who've worked with me in the past, uh, who've kind of gone on to great exam success using the study systems we put together together. So uh, again, find out more about how that all works at examstudyexpert.com forward slash coaching. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of our How to Study Effectively audio course right here on the Exam Study Expert podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed this series and certainly listener numbers have been especially strong uh, this series. I've also been getting some nice sort of comments and emails about it. So I'm glad it's been kind of well received. I hope you've enjoyed it too. Um, I'd like to just take a moment to offer my particular congratulations if you've made it through all or at least kind of most of the eight parts of this series. Um, co congratulations, you you've reached the end. You are now graduates of the How to Study Effectively course. Uh, perhaps let's have some cheering. Yay! Just before I let you go, as I mentioned earlier, there have been an awful lot of details in this course. And perhaps for that reason, I've been asked several times if I'm going to be able to make a transcript for the series available. I've also been conscious throughout the episodes that there are limitations to the audio medium, because much as I love podcasting, it isn't always the clearest way to explain techniques that ultimately take place on paper and are visual. <laughs> um, most studying, after all, involves writing things or drawing things on bits of paper, and often a clear example of what good or bad technique actually looks like. Uh, can just make things much clearer, much more easily than me trying to kind of describe it for you in words. 
So for these two reasons, I am very excited to share news that the illustrated transcript for this course is now available in book form. Uh, I've decided to publish it as a book to try and help as many people as possible get their hands on it. The book is called Outsmart Your Studies, and it's effectively a sequel, or perhaps more accurately, a prequel to my other published work, Outsmart Your Exams, uh, which I know many of you have purchased in the past. The reason I'm saying Outsmart Your Studies is a prequel is because Outsmart Your Exams, my existing book, deals with exam technique, the tips and tricks and hacks to help you manage yourself in exam week and in the exam hall itself to gain some powerful advantages, helping you pick up additional marks when it matters most. The new book, Outsmart Your Studies, is going to cover the all-important process of actually studying well in the preparation for your exams. Outsmart Your Studies closely follows the How to Study Effectively series here on the podcast. Um, Thinking of it as an illustrated transcript for the audio course really is the best way to think about it. Uh, And for me, it fulfills a couple of really important roles. The first is convenience. Uh, If you're looking to put good ideas into action, I think nothing beats the convenience of having access to a book to flip through, uh, to bookmark at key pages and dip back into that key section repeatedly as often as you need. Uh, Today's episode has given you a taste for how you can combine different techniques from across the eight-part series into an overarching study system. And just having a book makes it way easier to kind of flip back and forth between the different ideas as you perfect and kind of craft your overall study system. And the second nice benefit of having it all in book form, as I said before, audio is great. I love it. I love talking to you guys. Um, But there are massive advantages when I can start to show you diagrams and pictures. Um, I give a lot of talks these days on good study technique for schools. So go into schools and do presentations for students on how to study effectively, Uh, universities too. Um, And I'm Often, uh, it's often commented on how you know clear and, and well made my, my graphics are, um, making comp- sometimes complex concepts really kind of pop out and, and make instant sense. Um, so I've put loads of my favourite graphics uh, in the book for you. So uh, making all of these concepts that we've talked about across the series uh, perhaps a little bit clearer, helping you understand them in new ways um, than, than than I've been able to kind of explain uh, in words. But beyond the graphics, I'll be able to show you what bad study technique actually looks like so you know the mistakes to avoid. And I'll show you examples of what good study technique should look like uh, so that you can see the sort of things you're aiming for. These examples will be pictures of real students' study and revision materials, including some pictures of my own study materials from my student days. Um, and if you opt for a paper version, uh, so a printed version of Outsmart Your Studies as opposed to ebook, uh, I've decided to swallow the higher printing costs uh, to be able to offer you the book in full colour. So you can see all of these graphics, all of these example study materials in their full colourful glory. Um, the ebook version will be in colour anyway, uh, it pops up on a screen, but it's a little bit more expensive to get the paper versions printed in colour, but I think it's well worth it. Uh, so you can see all the diagrams and the illustrations in, in colour. So I hope this is sounding pretty exciting. I'm certainly pretty excited to publish it. Uh, Please visit examstudyexpert.com forward slash study book to get hold of your copy today. So thanks again for being with us for the How to Study Effectively series here on the podcast. Uh, And if you decide to get your hands on the companion guide, Outsmart Your Studies, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Once again, available from examstudyexpert.com forward slash study book. 
And with that, all that remains is for me to wish you every success in your journey to become the most effective student you can be uh, so that you can start studying smarter, not harder, uh, and really taking the easier road to exam success with less stress and fuss on your way uh, to the results you're looking for. It's been such a pleasure having your company across the course of this series. Really do wish you every success. Thanks again.